good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Hey y'all, how you doing? Good day. This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Back with another episode. (laughs) All right, we're going to get right back into it. I know you're probably reeling from the last one and we're talking about marriage still. Okay, this is the second one. I'm not sure how far or how long this is going to take, but we're getting through it and I think this is some good teaching and good understanding. I'm reading a scripture, or reading scriptures, and I'm reading um, from a message that was written by Pastor John MacArthur. And of course, I'm adding in my little here's and there's. Um, I have been through some things that he hasn't been through. So where I've understood and failed in certain respects, I add in my two cents. <laughs> from my experience of, I guess, on the negative side of what happens when you don't listen (laughs) to God's word. All right. So the last thing we did in the last episode was we read about sacrificial love. That was the first of the four types of ways a husband loves his wife. And now we're getting on to the rest. And this is uh, purifying love, the responsibilities of a husband to a wife. Check it out. Purifying love. Christ loved the church sacrificially with this goal in mind, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with word, with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and blameless. Ephesians 5, 26, 27. Love wants only the best for the one it loves, and it cannot bear for a loved one to be corrupted or misled by anything evil or harm. If you really love your wife, you'll do everything in your power to maintain her holiness virtue and purity every day you live that obviously means doing nothing to defile her like cheating don't expose her to or let her indulge in anything that would bring impurity into her life don't tempt her to sin by saying by say inducing or argument out of her on a subject you know is sensitive to her so don't pull her out and try to torment her love always seeks to purify caring love another aspect of divine love is this husbands ought to also also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife 
loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Ephesians 5.28-29 The word translated cherish, or cherishes, literally means to warm with body heat. It is used to describe a bird sitting on her nest. E.g. Deuteronomy 22.6 Husbands, you are to provide a secure, warm, safe haven for your wife. Now, is this safe haven supposed to be ridiculously expensive where you can't come up to it? Or it takes you to work most of the day, every day, just to do that? Probably not in most cases. And again, that's living in your means. That's spending according to what you have and what you've been blessed with or what you're a steward over, not what somebody else is blessed with, what they have or what they're a steward over. Live your life that God has for you. That's husbands and wives. Stop looking at other people and what they have and what you deem is normal, what Hollywood says is normal, what your family says is normal, what your friends say is normal, what your sister says is normal, what your friends, what your colleagues, what your coworkers, what your peers, leave them alone and live your life. When your wife needs strength, give her strength. When she needs encouragement, give it to her. Whatever she needs, you are to you are obligated to supply needs. Yes, I said needs, not wants. Whatever she needs, you are obligated to supply as best you can. You heard that, wives, right? As best as he can. And you're not the judge. God is. And he knows what his best is. And you may may very well, in many cases, be able to glean mostly. But you don't know when he's on his game. That's why it's to the husband to know and to do as best he can. God chose you to provide for her husbands and to protect her husbands, to nourish and cherish her and to do so as Christ also does the church. Unbreakable love. Last one, for a husband to love his wife as Christ loved his church, he must love her with unbreakable love. In this direct quotation from Genesis 2.24, Paul emphasizes the permanence as well as the unity of marriage. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Ephesians 5.31 And God's standard for marriage still hasn't changed. Husbands, your union with your wife is permanent. When you got married, you had to leave, cleave, and become one with your wife. Never go back on that. Let your wife Rest in the security of knowing that you love her and you belong to her for life. Very, very, very important. I, yes, I failed in this, guys. And failure in this causes you 
a lot of heartache problems. And if you're able to, if you get an opportunity to claw your way back, I can honestly tell you from experience to get it back the same way and even better is certainly no easy feat or trick (laughs) or exploit. Just as the body of Christ is indivisible, God's ideal for marriage is that it is to be indivisible. As Christ is one with his church, you husbands are one with your wives. Paul goes in to say, this mystery is great, but I am speaking with you or speaking with preference to Christ and the church. With reference, (laughs) preference, with reference to Christ and the church. Ephesians 5.32. Read it yourself, please. (laughs) Why is submission as well as sacrificial purification or purifying and caring love so strongly emphasized or so strongly emphasized in scriptures? Because the sacredness of the church is wed to the sacredness of marriage. So as Christ and the church should be as the husband is with his wife. Christian, your marriage is a testimony to the relationship between Christ and his bride, which is the church. Your marriage will either tell the truth about that relationship or it will tell a lie, unfortunately, as many of us have learned and have lived. What is your marriage saying to the watch to the watching world. If you'll walk in the power of the spirit, yield to his word or be obedient and be mutually submissive, you can know that God will bless you abundantly and glorify his son through your marriage. And that was adapted from different by design by John MacArthur. All right, so I end there. And now I'm going to get to those questions that I referenced in the last episode. Jim, sir, many of you are waiting for me to try to (laughs) try to answer those questions, right? All right, let's see what we got here. Hold on, I got to make this a little bit smaller. All right, let's get to these questions. Let's see. Hmm. Okay, so first question, (laughs) 10 questions ask an unfaithful spouse or 10 questions to ask an unfaithful spouse. So because I have been that person, I say, why not? Let's see. So as I said, usually um, I don't really, um, how's the best way to put this? I like I, I obviously choose the questions <laughs> that I'm going to respond to or whether it's um, questions from the public or whether it's questions from a site like this, which 
I will tell you the website I got these questions from. It was, hold on, why is that popping up? Why is that popping up? Okay, it's from, let's see, Bonobology. <laughs> Bonobology.com, 10 questions or slash 10 questions, ask unfaithful spouse. Okay, so we'll see how this goes. And the next, yeah, let's see right here. Okay, so first question. And I'm really gonna have to think about this because I'm asking the question and I'm supposed to be answering at the same time. Let's take a swig of this Canada ginger ale. <sighs> Canada dry. Okay, let's go. How did you allow yourself to cheat? <clears throat> you know, it, that's actually a funny story, but it's not funny, obviously. But um, I've I've spoken about this at least four or five times. Not necessarily on a podcast, but, you know, I remember going to a certain place one evening and I had somebody tell me about a situation that happened with a close relative of theirs and their spouse. And me and that spouse or me and that person who, um, I guess the perpetrator, the guy, um, didn't really see eye to eye and I could tell that he didn't really like me and you know I just wasn't on his list (laughs) if he was Santa Claus you know what I mean and when I heard of the situation that befell him (laughs) or the entanglement that he got himself involved in I was like oh yeah figures he seems like that kind of guy that was in my heart I don't know that I actually said it But I was like, oh, because that guy's a jerk anyway. Kind of, I I possibly might have said something like that. But um, it's funny that I fell into that myself. But I never really thought that I would fall in that sort of way, I would say. You know, it was nothing that I ever guarded myself against. And I don't believe my spouse at the time um, thought that it would be something that I would need to guard myself against because I thought, you know, I have one, you know, one for me, my own, um, that shouldn't even be a question. But, um, you know, I didn't know what the future was holding for me. I didn't realize that, you know, everything wasn't going to be a bed of roses and then opportunity like that to sit in that way would present itself to me and it did so i can say it blindsided me because i wasn't always looking for that at all at all at all so yeah it it caught me by surprise personally i can't say that for every guy because i don't know i don't i don't know if guys get married in the next week they're on the prowl or still got eyes for everything you know i don't know that wasn't me though so for me i would honestly say how did you let it i'll say that it it crept over time of being not fully satisfied with my situation and being offered situations that maybe I didn't even think would be offered for me. You know, it's funny, you know, when you really, really consider it, there's probably a lot I could say, 
but um, just keeping it straight and clear and not too personal, I would say it caught me by surprise when um, doors open, <laughs> per se. And then if I wasn't too happy on this side, you know, if this room is not too, too happy and you know that it's your room or where you should be, and then another door opens across from your door and it looks like it's all, you know, sweet bed of roses over there and smelling like sunflower, sunflower, <laughs> smelling like Skittles, Skittles over there. You might want to peek your head in and check and see what's going on and what's good. And that's as dumb or as honest as I can possibly be for that first question. So, men don't be like me. Yeah. Trust me. <clears throat> Certainly not worth it. Did you feel guilty? A hundred percent. Um, being brought up in the church, being the person that I am, um, I think I probably reasoned my way as to why it was okay or not even why it was okay. Cause I knew it wasn't okay. I think I just reasoned within myself to allow my, to myself to do such a heinous thing saying, you know, on this side, this is the situation. They think this way. You're stuck in this for life. They're not considering you or how you feel. They're more concerned about this, that, and the other. And all you want is a little bit of whatever. And it seems to be a problem with them. So go ahead. So when, of course, of course I did that. Yes, the guilt was there. It was like, oh, I'm not doing this again. You know? And yeah, in, in my situation, it was a few times, um, you know, that I, you know, actually the act or whatever, it wasn't for me, it wasn't like months, years of, of, um, continuing in that act or, nor was it multiple, um, partners in that respect. It was kind of. I would honestly say from my side of things, it was like a spoiled brat not being happy with what he was given and trying to get more, you know? So yeah, for certain, growing up as a Christian child in a church where um, my parents were always married while I was alive and while I from when I was born, they were together and, um, always faithful to one another and never, ever any words have spoken in that respect. It wasn't like it was an example that was set for me that ended up making it work out that way. It was just me, but it's funny how, you know, sometimes we as people, we justify things for ourselves to make it okay to do such things, even though we haven't fully thought through the whole situation properly. Next question. Have you entertained thoughts of cheating before cheating? Well, for me, no, it wasn't. 
I would say, you know, you commit the, the the heart sin. You commit you commit it in your heart. You have an idea what you're going to. There is some obvious premeditation, but it wasn't like an ongoing theme. I was looking for that type of um, opportunity to present itself necessarily. So for me, it wasn't an ongoing lust for that situation to open itself up. Because of course, yes, there is another side to it where I may have felt undervalued. I may have felt like my needs and wants maybe weren't being met or weren't even being considered as something that was important to my spouse. Therefore, I left myself open. My thought process wasn't right at all. So even now as I was going through something and what I might have called, you know, torture in that way, maybe it was um, intimately, intimately, some kind of some type of intimacy, torture or neglect. Um, it still didn't give me the right to do what I did. You know. And, you know, there's two stories to every situation at least. But you know, there is God's truth, there's your truth, your spouse's truth, you know. So for me, it wasn't entertaining these thoughts of cheating way before, it was kind of falling into it because opportunity presented itself. And what you have to realize as a guy to guard yourself away from that is eventually the chances are if you are even just a half decent looking guy, even if you hold down a half decent job, and maybe you don't, maybe you're very good looking, whatever the case is, and the situation has been popping up from the beginning. But if you're just an average Joe and women aren't throwing themselves at your feet all, all the time, there may be, <laughs> the, the light might hit you in the right way one day and somebody might see you and you know, you never know that adversary is always trying to coop up something, cook up something for you to fall or to befall you. So you have to be prepared that that um, opportunity is going to present itself. And what are you going to do? You have to be holding on to God's unchanging hand. You have to be meditating and reading the word and getting the understanding, the listening, not only seeking stuff like this when problems arise, but actually reading and listening to stuff like this when there are no problems but unfortunately, most of us find looking for scriptures, looking for teachings, looking for preachings, looking for songs, looking for stuff to um, take care of our emotional care because we're hurt and we're in the situation. But what I'm saying is we need to take heed to stuff like this before you get into stuff like that. Hopefully you understand. Next question. Did you fall in love? Nope. Certainly not. Maybe lust? <laughs> well, obviously lust. Love, no. Because <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you why and I can tell you why it's never that. I know and maybe even answering this might even be not the right thing because it's probably not the question the person really wanted to um, ask, but I'm going to, I'm going to answer this with a scripture. 
right here. Um, pretty good, pretty easy to find it. You just got another question to ask. Okay, so First Corinthians thirteen verses four to eight. Okay, listen. <clears throat> Love is patient. So, did you wait on your wife to be ready to give her give you what you needed or your husband to give you what you need or did you look for something else to take care of that? Love is kind. Were you being kind when you decided to cheat? No. It does not envy. So maybe you're looking at other people and saying, "Oh, well he his wife does what he wants." what he wants her to do or you know his his husband or her husband does what she wants him to do he takes out the garbage he plays with the kids he cleans the toilets he vacuums the house he does his own laundry he doesn't leave the whole place in a mess he'll cook sometimes he'll work a second job like you understand like he, if you're comparing yourself to that dude across the the way you don't know what he's going through but you just see the good stuff in that other household or you know you look at her, that woman's husband and saying well he does this he does that my husband doesn't do this and it just goes on and on and on and if you put yourself in a way to envy other people and what you think they have or what she says goes on in her marriage then of course you're going to look at your husband like less than dirt or of course you're going to look at your wife like selfish and lazy and such and such and overbearing because you're hearing what other people say don't let other people determine what you're going to do in your situation and for <laughs> i don't know what to say <laughs> for whatever sake do not let hollywood dictate what you should do in your marriage you see arguments on tv because of a certain thing. Don't bring that in your home. <laughs> you see your husband, uh, a husband in a, on a TV show with a six pack <clears throat> and your husband doesn't have a six pack. Don't think that that guy didn't take the steroids or starve himself for four months to look like that. He doesn't look like that every day. And yeah, there are some genetic freaks, but most of those actors don't. If you're even looking at physical attributes on in Hollywood in the first place. There is something called airbrush and Photoshop, and there is something called a personal trainer in steroids and starving oneself. Okay. They knew they were going to be on film and they were going to be filmed naked. And that's why you're not supposed to be watching the movies anyway. Just being real, especially pornography. <sighs> Don't bring that in your home because boy, oh boy, you'll be Definitely affected and definitely disappointed. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, right? What were you seeking? You are seeking to gratify your own self. And that's why you went off and did what you did. Or that's why you're thinking to go and do what you did. It is not easily angered. Some people do, who cheat on their spouses, do it out of anger. Get back. Revenge. No, it's not good on that end either. And if he cheated or she cheated, it doesn't give you the right to cheat. You're in the same hole they were in. The difference is they did it first. You saw how it felt and you have no right. And it makes it actually worse for you to go and do the same thing right after they did what they did because you knew how it felt in the first place. It keeps no record of wrong, which is 
with the other one, anger. <clears throat> if you keep adding totals to his or her bill when they do something wrong, by the end, when you're tallying everything up, it'll be so easy for you to cheat if you're keeping records on your spouse's wrongs because they're going to be wrong. Oh, why? Why do you? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now, I spoke in the midst of that of that um, verse just now, just to expand or expound on the word a little bit. But I really want you to go back to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8, and look at it and see if you resemble any of those things, because that's what love isn't. So, did you fall in love? Not real love. You fell in lust. And I guess because this is a non-Christian site, it's just a worldly site, they ask questions like that because that's an obvious answer for a Christian. And even if the other person, you know, you like the same pastimes, you have the same birthday, your moms act the same way, you both love music, you both, you know what I mean? Even if it doesn't matter. Yeah, there were interests, there were things that you could do together, but trust me, there's a whole other side of that person because they're not your person. That's not who God has ordained for you to be with. No matter how cool they seem or how much fun or how much they smile or how pretty or how strong or how fit or how cool. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like The Rock says, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you hear me? Okay, next we're only on the fifth fifth answer here. Let's see. Well, one, two, three. Yeah. All right, we go. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you think of your spouse? Um. Yes. And it was something that you that I had to block out. And if I reference that proper situation that I was really tied to and into, I would only reference maybe what I wasn't happy with for me to be able to go on with whatever I was going to go on with. And of course, you have a devil or a person speaking into your other ear of why you should, right? And trust me, there's all kinds of reverse. Yeah, maybe you should go back to your wife. 
Or, yeah, you should go back to your husband. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, they do that too. There's all kinds of tricks when a little devil wants to mess with your life. Or a little person wants to mess with your life. Or a big person, for that matter. How long were you together? Well, for as I said, generally, okay, for my situation, this thing percolated a little bit because it was something that happened at work. And because you spend time at work, yeah, and you both, you know, when you're complaining about stuff at home, you're not not necessarily going to your, your family members. You're just going to talk to strangers that you happen to work with and they get to know your life situation because maybe you came to work and you're unhappy. Maybe you came to work and you had a black eye. Maybe you came to work and you were late because of the problems and it just kept happening. Or maybe, you know, you just the amount of things that happen in life that people notice, especially when they're hunting you down that they notice and they take notice. And you're like, oh man, this person is really paying attention to my life. It's actually cool being here rather than all the struggles that are happening at my home and this, that, and the other. And it, it makes it so much easier to fall into that kind of nonsense. So it was just a thought that blossomed. It was like a tree, you know? So long, not very long. Did you ever talk about me? <clears throat> well, for me, it was only me talking about the issues that I might have had. You know, and the funny thing is, if it's somebody who's listening for a while, there might not have been nothing going on. So they heard when everything was, in my case, where everything was great or everything was cool. But then unfortunately you shared the, the happy times. And sadly, when you're at work, you share the sad times as well. So when good times were good times, yeah. When bad times were bad times, they only heard about bad. And that's when the door opened, when you started speaking. So I would say, secondly, shut your mouth about your relationship good and the bad. It's nobody's business, especially at your workplace. Do you still have feelings for that person? For me, not at all. 100% nothing. It was a means to an end. It was something that I practically had to fool myself into doing. So... Not at all. <clears throat> Next question. Do you talk about, or did you talk about a future? No. It wasn't, when I leave, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Nah, it was just nothing. It was just whatever. It was what it is at that time. And there was no, I'm leaving mine and you're leaving yours and, or whatever. Let's see. No, they asked the same question again. Do you still have feelings for that person? No. Okay. And lastly, what is it that they had that your spouse didn't? And my answer is nothing. For me, it was just a willing, a willingness to be open to whatever. 
a lot of the time in um, relationships with spouses, your spouse starts as they know you more. They'll a lot of things will will <laughs> if you're not doing the stuff you're supposed to be doing properly in many cases, and sometimes it has nothing to do with you, but um, you'll notice things get tighter and tighter. Rules get more rigid and more rigid. And for me, it was just an openness of everything still on the table. You understand? Whereas as you get to know your spouse, you'll know that broccoli is not going to be on the table because they don't know how to cook it right. Or you know that turkey is not going to be on the table because they don't know how to do a turkey and it's frustrating and maybe they can't even pick up a turkey in the first place. So you can make the relevance in whichever situation you need to make it in. The point is, is some things as you get to know a spouse are just going to be off the table. Now, will it be up to your spouse to put those things on the table? That's a total different conversation. But, you know, that's generally how relationships go. You know, it's like, have you ever eaten liver? <laughs> right? Some people, oh, that's disgusting. Well, yeah, the first time we ate liver, I threw up. So uh, the second time might never happen again. And that's just from a human level, <laughs> natural person asking, answering that question. And you can figure that out for yourself, what that means to you and yours. Okay. So from the same uh, website, uh, bonobology.com, uh, six questions. Six questions you should ask yourself before you cheat. Besides the fact that you're not supposed to regardless, but here's six questions anyway that they have here. It says, what makes you feel this way? Like what makes you need to cheat? Because you're not getting what you want. Because they're not doing what you want. Because they're not able to do what you want. Because you're selfish. Like, really ask yourself, what makes you feel this way and why do you feel that it's okay even? Second, what's missing in my parent, my marriage? Yeah, ask yourself that. What is missing? And what can you attribute to that thing that's missing? And what can you do about it yourself? Three, do you crave security or adventure? Because yeah, you're going to do that. You're going to get some adventure for sure. But what about security? Fourth question, can you handle this? Hmm, what do you mean, what, what, what do you mean can I handle it? Yeah, of course I can handle it. Really? <laughs> and that ties into the next question. Are you prepared for the consequences? Are you going to be prepared when she starts calling your house because she's not, she's upset because you want to leave and you want to go back to your wife or your husband? <laughs> Are you going to be able to handle it when her husband shows up at your doorstep ready to fight? <laughs> right? Are you going to handle it when she takes half of what you have or when he takes half of what you have for infidelity? in a court case or messes up your children? Six. If not an affair, then what? So instead of having an affair, what else could you do? 
right? I'm going to leave these questions for next time. I'm going to keep it <clears throat> on point. And yeah, it's an inter interesting questions here. I'm not even going to broach them. Okay, that's 30, 39, going to 40. Okay, anyhow, this has been another edition of You're Probably Right. I am MCM. And honestly, a few words here. Um, honestly, I wish you the best in your relationships and in your life. Um, I think I should actually pray for you. Father God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your love and your care towards us. I thank you for the people listening to me. And I thank you for those who have considered their ways and considering who you are to them and that you gave them your mercy. They have the grace of God in their lives that you have even shown up in their lives at all. God, we realize you as sovereign God, almighty God, line of the tribe of Judah that breaks every chain, King of kings, Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega. We believe that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We believe that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is here with us and is indwelt in us is our our bodies are the temple of god and the holy spirit dwells in us as believers as the word of god says so lord god i just pray that your child listening right now would make the right choices to go back to their spouse to be obedient to your word, to humble themselves, to take another look and meditate on the word and be humble and be obedient and submit themselves one to another. Lord God, I pray for these individuals right now that you will do a mighty work in their hearts, not magical, spectacular, fireworks all over the place, Lord God, just something that they can understand, which is your word, that you can impart it to them to understand while they need to live the life that you've led before them, that they should not strive to get things that other people they have or whatever they think they see in other people's lives. I pray that you would just bless them Give them a humble heart, a heart of flesh. Let them know that when they go out to do these things, that they're hurting other people. They're hurting, hurting the one that they're there to protect and love and serve and who they belong to. Lord God, help them to shun those who would draw a wedge between their marriage. Let them cleave to their wives as husbands. Let them be obedient and loving and submissive to their husbands. Lord God, I just thank you for everything right now that you've done, everything you're going to do and everything you've done already and what you're doing right now. I just thank you, 
Lord God, for them right now, I just praise you. I exalt you because you are worthy to be praised. And I just pray right now, Lord God, for you to impart your word to them, for them to do what is the will of God. What thus saith the Lord in the scriptures? Help them to connect themselves to a Bible-believing church. Not one that's full of entertainment and music and noise. Not one that pity-pats the, the gospel and will not tell people and call sin, sin. Not one who will teach one side of the gospel to entice one type of people. Not one of church that stays as close and skirts the line of the world in the church to draw the world in, but one that shows itself different and separate. I thank you for everything you're going to do right now in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God. I praise you and exalt you. Amen. Hey, come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Trontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there <laughs> hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting and hey maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere hope to see you soon